If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. What I want to talk to you about tonight for a few minutes is the subject, Out of the Ordinary. Out of the Ordinary. Uh, As we consider the nativity, we need to look at the humble circumstances of Jesus' birth. And a couple, couple aspects of that I want to mention to you. First... One thing I see is, uh, and maybe parents in a, in a different way, maybe you can relate to this, but I see two overwhelmed parents. <laughs> any, well, I won't ask for a show of hands if we have any overwhelmed parents tonight, but uh, certainly the first Christmas story, we see two overwhelmed parents. First, there's Mary. You know the story, the angel appeared to her. She was a young girl, in her teens most likely. Uh, and pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, the angel said, you're going to bear a child and he will be the Messiah. He will be the Savior of the world. And she was incredulous as to how this could be. She said, I'm a virgin. I don't know how this is possible. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, will overshadow you, and you will give birth to a son. And as we've talked about uh, many, many times, many Christmases, can you imagine the thoughts going through her mind? What will Joseph think? What will my parents think? What will the community think? Uh, What's going to happen? But in the midst of the uncertainty, she said to the angel, may it be to you, to me rather, as you have said. And she submitted to the will of the Lord. But that was a a big load for her to bear. And then we have Joseph. Um, uh, Of course, Jesus was born of a virgin, but Joseph would be his earthly father. And Matthew chapter 1 tells us that when he heard of uh, Mary's pregnancy, he thought what any uh, person would think. She'd been unfaithful to him, and he was troubled. And an angel appeared to him and told him of the plan of God. And uh, so he also accepted Uh, the word of the Lord that came through the angel, and he was willing to take Mary as his wife and to raise this child. So we have two overwhelmed parents. That's a a lot to bear, isn't it? And then another thing we have in the story is a pagan ruler. Caesar Augustus was the first, and according to many, greatest Roman emperor, ruling from 31 B.C. to A.D. 14. He replaced the Republic with an imperial form of government. He expanded the empire to include the Mediterranean world. He established the famous Pax Romana, which means Roman peace, and ushered in the golden age of Roman literature and architecture. And it was his decree that everyone must register for taxation in their hometown that caused Joseph and Mary to head to Bethlehem. Another thing I see is we have... Well, I guess the best description of it is a backwoods town. Micah 5.2 in the English Standard Version says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Imagine you had power and wealth beyond measure. There were no limitations 
upon you and you could choose the uh, circumstances in which a child was born. Where would the child be born? In what city? A quiet home? A high-tech hospital? When would the child be born? 200 years ago, centuries into the future? Paul wrote in Galatians 4 that when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son to be born of a woman. Let me ask you something. Why wasn't he born in Rome? Rome was the center of the empire. It was the seat of world power. Or why not Jerusalem, uh, the historic capital and center of religious activity for the Jewish people? Why not even modern-day Manhattan or Washington, D.C.? Can you imagine that? I mean, think about it. With the Internet and instant communication, wouldn't that have made sense for, for God to send his son into this day and age? Think of the, the instant uh, publicity. But instead, God chose Bethlehem. Relatively unimportant, small working class town in the Rocky Hill country, six miles outside of Jerusalem, in the politically oppressed, militarily occupied nation of Israel. I had an estimated 500 residents, very small town. It was likely more home to more sheep than people. But this is where God chose for his son to be born. And then one other element that I think illustrates the, the ordinariness, if that's a word, of Jesus' birth. The manger. The feeding trough. Um, in his article, Questions About the Birth of Jesus, John Ankerberg describes the setting. He says, most homes were multi-level. They had a lower room or a cellar that was usually used as a storeroom. In areas like Bethlehem, where there were caves, a cave beneath the house or in the back of the house, which would normally be used as a storeroom for food or supplies, could also be a place where the family animals would be fed and sheltered at night, protected from thieves, from the cold, and from predators. So think about the circumstances of his birth. Two overwhelmed young parents, a pagan ruler, a backwoods town, and he's placed in a feeding trough in a cave. Not very impressive, is it? But you know what that says to me? I think there are three very important truths that, that leap out to us and that are so central to the, the message of Christmas. The first one is this. Jesus identifies with the common man. Amen? Amen. Jesus identifies with ordinary people. Aren't you glad tonight that he didn't come for the elite? That he didn't come for the 1% as, as they're called? That he didn't come for the wealthiest or the most influential or the most famous? You know, we have people in our day and age who were famous for nothing else than being famous. You know what I'm talking about? Who shall remain nameless tonight. He didn't come for them alone. He came for ordinary people. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of Christmas, that a Savior came for ordinary people, everyday people, came to save us from our sins. 
Second thing it says to me is that God will use any means necessary to reach us with his love. Isn't that God's way? Any means necessary. He sent his son, God the Son. We have to understand the nature of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, co-equal members of the Godhead. But God the Father, in his wise plan, sent his Son, the eternal Son of God. He had no beginning, he has no ending. God sent him to be born of flesh, to be located in time and space on this small planet. And he uh, lived a sinless life and paid the penalty for our sins on the cross because he came to die. God will use any means necessary. And if you're here tonight or watching online, maybe you've been familiar with the Christmas message and the purpose of Christmas and Jesus coming all your life. Or maybe it's new to you if you're, if you're watching tonight or listening tonight. But either way, there may be some you feel like, you know, I'm, I just feel so far away from God. I mean, you, you can be sitting in a church service like this in this great atmosphere with this beautiful music, great fellowship, the decorations. But you can feel inside there's a void. There's a distance from Almighty God. And maybe, maybe, maybe you look back on your history and you can think of all the ways that you failed, all the ways you've sinned, all the ways you've fallen short. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you've heard this said before, some of you have heard me say it before, Christianity is unique in all the religions of the world because in all the other religions of the world, man has to find his way to God. But the beauty of our faith, of Christianity, is that God found his way to us. Hallelujah. God became man. The eternal uh, God became flesh. He came and found us. And wherever you are in your spiritual relationship with God, however distant you may feel like you are, I want you to know God will stop at nothing to reach you. Bethlehem is proof of that. He will stop. You may feel far from God, but hope is not lost. You're not doomed to be separated from him. Receive his love today. God will use any means necessary to reach us with his love. The third message this communicates today is that great things can come from humble beginnings. Baby born in a manger, in a cave, as we said, in an obscure town, for many people, it wasn't even a blip on the historical radar. And yet here we are 2,000 years later, celebrating him. We go into secular places. We go into malls and stores. And this time of the year, we can hear his praises being sung. Hallelujah. We, our calendars are, are set by the date of his birth. Uh, 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 he, he is the, the single solitary life in all of history uh, that, that, that is transcendent above everyone and everything else from that manger, from that humble beginning, from out of the ordinary came a savior for you and for me. 
tonight if you're here or watching online and you've not received this Savior. The Bible says it's very simple. You just need to ask him into your heart, ask him to forgive you of your sins, to become the Lord of your life, and he will make you his child. He will forgive you of your sin. That's why he came. I'm so glad he came. In, in ordinary circumstances, but he brought an extraordinary salvation for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. In your celebration this evening, tomorrow, don't forget, as I say, to take time and marvel and worship at the manger. Worship this precious gift that was given to you and me out of ordinary circumstances, but he brought a salvation to each and every one to the common man. Thank God for that. Amen? Amen. Amen.